Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. I promised you. I promised you, and some of the some of y'all saw the information. Y'all saw the mailers and the, the things that you got. I promised you there was a golden egg, and I got it. I already won. So y'all can go home now because I, I won the awesome prize. Some of y'all ain't laughing at that. Y'all are like, seriously? No, but there's a couple of golden eggs. We're going to have two egg hunts today. We're going to have the pre-K egg hunt. You older kids, you better stay out of the pre- pre-K. Don't go finding that easy egg. You got to find the hard one. And then uh, the older kids, the elementary age, you're going to get the bigger one. And uh, moms and dads, you know, look high and low, okay? You never know where that thing's going to be, all right? Look high and low. Help your kids out. It's a, it's a really cool scooter for both grades. We got a really cool scooter for them. But some of you are coming, like our kids, for a golden egg. Coming for the golden egg, and the golden egg just seems to be, like, empty. Yeah, we think we have it. On the outside, it feels like everything is perfect. But on the inside, this thing is just absolutely and completely empty. It's actually plastic. It may look beautiful. It may look shiny. It may look golden. But on the inside, this thing is kind of plastic. And I mean, on the outside, this thing is plastic. And today, man, I want to tell you what Jesus offers to you is so much greater than any golden egg. It's greater than anything that the world affords today. And I believe that God wants to give it to each and every one of you. At the end of the service, we are. We're going to have a time and opportunity for you to come to the front to pray. We're going to have some prayer team workers on both sides. And, and when we do that, just I'm, I'm telling you in advance so you can kind of wrestle with it now. Because some of y'all are going to wrestle with it. Some of y'all are going to be like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that one. But I'm just telling you, in case you're that one, you need to start working on it in your heart. Because for whatever reason, I'm not saying it's because you're not saved. It may be that you're saved, but maybe it's like this man in the story we're going to talk about. Just need to come and make some things right with Jesus. Whatever it is, if God's speaking to you today, that may happen. And I want you to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Welcome to Renew Church. My name again is Pastor Trevor. I'm, I'm honored to be the pastor of this church that's about 12 weeks old. We started January the 27th. And uh, man, God has done amazing things in our short 12 weeks. And I, I would love it if you'd jump on board with us, that you'd be a part of us, that you'd just take next steps to get involved. As Mikey talked about, there's small group opportunities. There's lots of things that are coming up and uh, ways to get plugged in, to be a part of the Renew crew. Um, we're always looking for people that want to be a part of this life-giving church that's going to make an impact on our city. Well, today I want to share a message to you, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you two stories, two accounts, kind of the resurrection accounts. Uh, from, from the eyes of two different people. And I want to start in John chapter 20 with this story of this woman named Mary. And this is what it says. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. And, and she said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. We don't know where they put him. This is Mary Magdalene talking about this. So, so right here and right now, this is after Jesus' death. This is Easter Sunday morning. But Mary's going there to mourn the loss of her Savior, her rabbi. And she, she sees that the tomb is empty. And Peter and John, they go to investigate. And there's Jesus' burial cloth. It's there. It's folded neatly. That's why your mom tells you to make your bed in the morning because that's what Jesus did. He set the example for us. Like when he got up from his bed, he made it. Peter and John, they go home. But Mary's still upset and she's standing by this tomb. And all of a sudden it says that two angels appear to her. And they say, woman, why are you crying? And she turns and it's Jesus. It's Jesus there that's talking to her. That's awesome. But, but Mary thinks that the Son of God is the gardener. And maybe that's fitting because in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and my Father is the gardener. You see, Jesus is about his Father's business. Jesus is still serving. And if you're looking for a king with royal robes and a crown on his head, he's the right king. But you have the wrong kingdom. You have a wrong picture of who Jesus is. So Mary is understandably upset because her Lord had died and she went to mourn his loss, but somebody had stolen 
the body. Somebody she thought had taken Jesus. So she's speaking to who she thinks is the gardener. And she says, sir, if you have taken him, tell me where you put him and I will get him. She says that to him like as if he's going to just, if he did take her, yeah, I just laid him right over there. And at that very moment, Jesus says one word to her and it changes everything. At that one moment, Jesus says to her, Mary. She says, he says, Mary. And that's all she needed to hear. And she recognized at that moment that it was Jesus. Instead of it just being the gardener, instead of it being somebody that had stolen Jesus, she saw and knew and recognized that it was Jesus. Jesus then began to give her the sense of belonging. And he says to her in John chapter 20, verse 17, he says, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. I don't know if you'd ever seen this before, ever thought about this, but at that time, women really didn't count. I mean, have you ever, have you ever considered the fact that the Bible talks about this feeding of the 5,000 and they only count men? That's because women didn't count. In those days and age, age women didn't count for much, and women were more of an object. They were objectified, and they had little or no significance in the eyes of secular society. So I need you to see how significant this is, that Jesus, his very first appearance after his resurrection is to Mary. Mary, the one who had, in the Bible, it talks about that she had been delivered from seven demons inside of her. Jesus delivered her from these. She was fully all of a sudden devoted to him. And after his death, because of that, because of what Jesus was to him, to her, she was completely and fully empty again. We're not certain if this is the same Mary from the scriptures that had, had been involved in prostitution. I mean, there's some traditions that would say that. Others would, would, would say it. We do know that she was steeped in sin. The Bible says that she lived a sinful life. But we, she, she had been set free by Jesus. And Jesus was declaring over her that she is no longer empty. She is part of the family. She, he says, I'm going to my father and to your father, to my God and your God. And all of a sudden, her fear disappears and she is replaced. It is replaced with fulfillment. I want to tell you this morning if you are feeling fatherless, you don't have to feel that way because Jesus says, I'm going to my Father and to your Father. I'm going to my God and to your God. If you're feeling like an outsider, Jesus welcomes you into the family. That's what Jesus was saying to Mary that morning, and I believe that's what Jesus is saying to each and every one of us. And I want to give you this point. I want to say this. If you are in a dark valley today, if you're in a place where you don't know where to go, what you're dealing with, I want to remind you that there's another perspective to this. If you're in a dark, dark valley, deep, dark valley, you're halfway to your next mountain top. That's where Mary is on her way to. So here's the first, uh, that's the first perspective. I want to tell you about Mary, but then I want to tell you about another man. His name is Peter. But to tell you about Peter, though, I have to back up a little bit. I've got to give you a little bit of backstory. You see, we've been in a series for the last three weeks called Journey to Easter. And so we started with just this uh, Easter through the eyes of Peter, and, and we started from literally six months before Jesus' crucifixion, before his death. And there were a lot of people chasing after Jesus for a lot of reasons, but they were all the wrong reasons. They were chasing after Jesus for the bread, for the fish, for the physical, the miraculous. Jesus was saying it was right after this miraculous feeding of 5,000 that everybody was coming to him. And Jesus says to him, I am the bread of life. I am your sustenance. Stop chasing after food that will waste away and begin to receive me. Stop chasing after the miracles and begin to chase after the miracle maker. It was at that point that Peter literally had a choice to make. It was at that point that many people that were literally coming for the physical, they were coming for the food. And when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, come after me, many people turned their back. Many people walked away. And when Jesus turned to his disciples and said, what will you do? What's your decision? Peter spoke up on their behalf and he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Like there is no other place. There's no other place or person that I would rather follow. I gave up everything and I still choose you. 
last week, we looked at Palm Sunday. We looked at what everybody was saying. They were shouting, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. They were shouting. They had nominated a new king, the king of Israel. They had the right king, but it was the wrong kingdom. You see, they were envisioning that that this was going to be some kind of a political kingdom, some kind of a military kingdom. They were imagining that they were going to be able to overthrow Rome. But Jesus said, no, you've got the right king, but this is the wrong kingdom. It's not that kind of kingdom. And so what does Jesus do there that night before he goes to pray, before he is betrayed, before he is arrested and crucified? He stoops down and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. Peter's standing up and he's like, no, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus says, I have to wash your feet. I have to set the example so that you know how to lead others. And that's how the kingdom of God has expanded and continued for thousands of years. But after that night, they went off to pray. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he took his closest friends with him and he asked them to pray with him. And he he said, I need you to come with me to pray with me. And and, and it was a critical moment. It was a pivotal moment in their life. And for whatever reason, they couldn't keep their eyes open. You know what the reason is, I think? I think the reason is is because they didn't understand the severity of the moment. They didn't understand how important that moment was. Sometimes you have those crucial moments in your life, and you don't even know they're crucial. Sometimes you have pivotal moments in your life, and you don't even know they're pivotal. But this, for them, was one of those moments. And while he was praying, they were sleeping. And my challenge to you was, don't sleep. When God is calling you, don't sleep. Don't sleep on your families. Don't sleep on your marriages. Don't sleep on your relationships. Don't sleep on your church. Don't sleep on your calling. When God is calling you in the critical and crucial moments of life, don't sleep. Because you never know who it may impact. Man, I praise God. Last week after the message, we had nine people that signed up and went through our growth track training and found out more about their spiritual gifts and ways in which to get plugged in to serving and discovering their purpose so that they can make a difference. That's what we talk about all the time at Renew Church, how to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose and begin to make a difference. And man, praise be to God for those people that are taking those next steps. So here's what happens next. Jesus is arrested. He's beaten to almost death, sentenced to death, put on a cross, crucified, Luke chapter 23, verse 44 to 46. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. Middle of the day, and the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus called out with a loud voice, and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. You see, at that moment in time, the sun had darkened. And at that moment in time, for the disciples, for Jesus' followers, those that were closest to him, their world just went dark. Maybe you've had a moment like that. Maybe you've had a 3 p.m. moment like that where it's like, man, there is absolutely nothing to live for. You feel empty. You feel void of hope. And it was seemingly all over. you. It could have been due to a loved one's passing. could have been due to a test result that you didn't expect to go into at a routine examination. It could have been due to a cutback at work or someone that let you down. Or maybe it was something that you did. And the world went dark. For Peter, it wasn't what was done to him. Yes, he was heartbroken at what had happened to the Lord, but he was even more broken by what he had done to the Lord. So we got to back back up a little bit. We've got to go to this passage in Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 31. And it says, Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Okay, so this is the night before. This is the day before. I know I'm jumping from, from, from uh, crucifixion back, but I needed to give you that little bit of setup. And he says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied.
all fall away on you, on account of you, I will never fall away. Jesus says, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, God, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the very same thing. But just a few verses later, Matthew tells the account, and he shares how when Jesus has been arrested and and Peter's following closely behind but staying at enough of a distance that he wouldn't be associated, people are recognizing Peter. Hey, aren't you that guy? Aren't you that guy with the Galilean? Aren't you that guy with Jesus? And Peter's like, no, I wasn't him. Three times he was accused and three times he denied. Just as Jesus said, and then the rooster crowed. Peter was in a dark valley. But I want to remind you, even when you're in this dark moment, you're halfway to your next mountaintop. See, Peter seeing Jesus die. It's a horrible way to end, being executed for something you don't deserve. And knowing that it was time to stand with Jesus, he denied him. And Peter was in this dark place. Can you feel the emptiness? It was a different kind of emptiness. It was a let down emptiness because Peter had let the Lord down. He said, I'll never disown you. I'll never deny you. And that's exactly what he did. But if you go back to John's gospel, Jesus obviously resurrects. All of the gospels, Jesus resurrects. But you go to to John's gospel, Jesus has this resurrection moment. He appears to to Mary and and Peter and John. They, They see the empty tomb, but they go back. They didn't see him at that point. But then Jesus appears to them in a room, and then a, a week later, he appears to them again. But there's this, like, time in which if you read chapters 20 and 21 of the gospel of John, there's this thing that's happening. There's this, this, this uh, pending issue. It's as if, like, he shows up, he appears, and Peter might be happy. We don't know. But from reading chapter 20 to going to 21, there still seems to be this pending issue between Peter and Jesus. And that's our primary text today. That's where I want to take you today. You see, because there was no mention of Peter's reconciliation, Jesus appears to them, assuming that Peter was there. But if you read the story after the story in John 21, the last thing Peter had done was call down curses and say, I don't know the man. And so Peter, like, he goes back to some of his old ways. He goes back to his fishing, which is an amazing place to go. Not because fishing's amazing. I mean, fishing is amazing, but because it was where Jesus first met Peter. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus helps Peter find this huge catch of fish. And that's when Jesus calls Peter and he says, hey, like Peter's like, go away from me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, an evil person. I don't deserve to be with you. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says to him, from now on, you will catch fish. I mean, you will catch men. I will make you a fisher of men. So here's Peter back at the boat. Jesus has resurrected. Jesus has appeared to these disciples. But there's still the pending issue. John chapter 21, starting at verse 1. Afterward, Jesus again appeared, appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas... Nathaniel from Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. For Peter, who's a professional fisherman, he went out to his old ways. He went out to his old life. He went out to what he knew, and he caught nothing. For Peter, his nets were empty. For Peter, his life was empty. He still needed that moment of reconciliation. He still needed that moment with Jesus. Yes, he saw Jesus alive, but he also knows that he's the one that let Jesus down when he said, I'll never deny you. I'll never disown you. He let Jesus down. And you can almost, as you read this verse, you can almost sense 
that Peter's going back fishing because he's like, man, I just, I don't deserve it. I've let God down. I've failed. I'm miserable. I'm empty. And so after fishing all night, he's still empty. The nets are empty. His life is empty. And it's like he hasn't gotten over what's just happened. It's like he hasn't gotten over the fact that he let the Lord down. Maybe some of you are at that point where you haven't gotten over something that has happened in your life. Or maybe something that you have done in your life and you're just like, man, I I don't think that I deserve to come back to the Lord. This is what it says in John chapter 21, the next verse. So I just read to you verses 1 through 3. Here's verses 4 through 6. Early in the morning, they had fished all night. Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. So somehow, in some way, like they were, they were within earshot. They could hear him, but they couldn't see him. They could hear the, the words, but they still couldn't even hear and recognize the voice. It was as if there was a veil over their eyes, just as there was over Mary's when he said to Mary, Mary, and then she knew he called her name. And he says to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. Like, it was at that moment when Jesus called out and said, hey, let me tell you what you need to do next, that they did it, they obeyed, they tossed the net to the other side, and all of a sudden, they bring in this huge bounty of fish, and they recognize it is the Lord. You see, Peter had empty nets. Peter had this, this, this uh, point in which he was feeling to, like he was a nobody, like he was nothing, like he was worthless. And Jesus came to fulfill what was empty in his life. Peter had empty physical nets, like the, 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 his livelihood was not being fulfilled in what he was doing in that. And Jesus came and filled those nets. I'm going to invite our musician to come back. You see, Jesus has this intimate moment with Peter. And in the same way that Peter denies Christ three times, Jesus gives Peter this opportunity to proclaim Christ three times. And Peter goes from empty to filled. Peter goes from empty to filled. Peter goes from broken to mended. And Peter goes from resigned to renewed. This morning, I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what the struggles are for you. Maybe you've made some really, really bad life decisions. Critical ones, crucial ones. Man, I got to tell you, it can't get much worse than denying Jesus on that moment before his crucifixion. If you're coming to Jesus and all you have is an empty net, bring your empty net. Just bring yourself. Bring what you have and allow Jesus to fill it up. Because that's exactly what he did for Peter and that's exactly what he wants to do for you. Peter went from empty to filled. He went from broken to mended. All of a sudden, Peter became again restored into who he was and what God had called him to be. And he became the leader of the church. And he says, you are rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. So for the last 2,000 years, you know what the church has been built on? Peter, those disciples, all because of their boldness all because of the reinstatement, all because Jesus lifted them up and refilled them and refueled them and restored them to brand new. 
Jesus wants to do that for you. He wants to take your empty and make it filled, your broken and make it mended, your resigned and make it renewed. And I don't know about some of you, but Easter Sunday is a great opportunity for me to just kind of recollect again on who Jesus is in relation to who I am. Like, it's not about me. If it was about me, man, I'd never measure up. Man, I am so worthless. I am so unworthy. I can't do this on my own. But because of Jesus, because Jesus is for me, because Jesus is with me, because Jesus loves me and has restored me and renewed me, man, I can live. I have hope for tomorrow. I have a new life and a new opportunity. And man, Jesus wants that very same thing for each and every one of you. So come with empty nets. If you're married today, though, and you're feeling like an outsider, and you, you feel like it's, it's a different kind of story, it's, it's not I deny Jesus, it's just everybody else denies me all the time. Everybody else says I don't measure up. Everybody else reminds me of how bad I've been. They're always bringing up my past. Can I remind you what Jesus said? This is what he said. He said, Mary. He says, I know your name. I know who you are. And I'm going to my Father and your Father. I'm going to my God and your God. In other words, I'm welcoming you into the family. If you're on the outside, he wants to deliver you from your demons and declare you significant. He wants to make you brand new because you are a child of God. Jesus is calling your name. For those of you that feel like a Peter, for those of you that feel like a Mary, he wants to fill your nets. He wants to have breakfast with you. He wants to do things in you that you never thought you could do. And maybe you're still doubting a little bit. I can't do that. I can't be that. I'm not that perfect. Peter denied his Savior. After walking with him for three years, after seeing the miracles, after seeing the dead raised and the blind see and the lame walk, Peter denied the Lord. And whatever you did, I remind people, there's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you any less. There's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you any less. He cares for you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to help you in everything that you're facing. So just come with empty nets. At this time, the worship team is going to sing the song, My Redeemer. And uh, some of our prayer team workers are going to kind of be here off to the sides of the speakers on both, both sides here. And maybe you want to come and pray up front. Just ask them to pray with you. You don't have to give them specifics. If you want to give them specifics, you just feel free to do that. But this would be a great opportunity for you to come with empty hands and empty nets. Just saying, I don't know. I don't know. Just pray for me. If it's specific, if you want to cover something, if you ask them, they'll pray for it. Just tell them. Jesus died. Not just so that we could hide Easter eggs. Jesus died not just so we could have a day off from work and school. Jesus died so that you could live. We're believing God's going to do an amazing work in hearts and lives today. So as we sing this song, as the the worship the band leads this song, why don't you uh, stand with us, sing along, and if you want to come forward, join us at this time.
Praise God. My Redeemer lives because I spoke with Him this morning. He wants to live in our hearts. He wants to do a transforming work in you. But it's your decision. It's your call. It's your, your declaration. So maybe again, as I mentioned earlier, maybe you're a Mary feeling on the outside looking in and you feel like you don't deserve to be a part and maybe the world has told you that you don't deserve to be a part. Let me tell you, he welcomes you into the family of God and you can declare today, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to be my Father. God, to be my Heavenly Father. Maybe you're Peter today. Maybe you've denied him. Maybe you've made some bad decisions. Maybe you're like the prodigal that has walked away from the Father. You know the way. You know the right things to do. You know what God is calling you to do. But for whatever reason, you made a denying statement and you said, I don't need you anymore, Jesus. Or I'm, I'm ashamed of you. Or, or just by your actions, you've made some decisions that breaks not only God's heart, but it really it breaks your heart. That's where Peter was that moment. He was, his, it, it, he was, he saw Jesus resurrected, but he went back fishing because he was like, "Man, I'm still, I'm still like, I'm not okay with this. Still have a pending issue. If you have a pending issue, come to Jesus with your emptiness, and your brokenness, and just let God fill you up. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? If today you would say, "Man, Pastor." I need to declare Jesus as my Lord and Savior. What better day than Resurrection Sunday to experience the fullness of everything that God has for you, to literally be set free from the, the bondage of sin, maybe the, the, the past, maybe something that, that has tempted you for years and years and years. And today you can be set free. Maybe Jesus is calling on you right here and right now to make that declaration. I can't make it for you. I can't just pray this blanket prayer and say, Lord Jesus, save everybody. It has to be a personal decision because he's a personal God. He's a personal father and he wants to have a relationship with you. I heard somebody say one time, there's no grandkids in heaven. It's all us and our fathers, our father. It's all us and our father, sons and daughters and our daddy. Do you have a relationship with your daddy? Because there's no grandkids in heaven. You're not getting in on your parents. It's because of the declaration you make. So today, here and now, if today you want to declare Jesus Christ as your personal savior, man, it just by a simple raising of your hand, we're going to pray a prayer together in just a moment. I'm not going to bring you to the front, but I'd just like to be able to acknowledge it before God and, and uh, be able to pray with you. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you are and just say, Pastor, would you pray for me today? I'm declaring Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Would you do that right now? I see your hand, sir, in the middle. Anybody else? Just lift your hand right where you're at. I see your hand in the back, ma'am. God bless you. Anybody else? I see your hand over here on this left side, my left. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? I see your hand, sir, on my right side. I see your hand, ma'am, on my right side. Praise God, sir. I see your hand up here. Praise God. It's this simple prayer. Anybody else? It's a declaration of faith. It's by grace. I see your hand, ma'am. Praise God. It's a prayer of faith that says, Lord Jesus, and you can pray it in your heart as I just as I repeat it out loud. Lord Jesus, I declare you as Lord and Savior. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. I've found myself outside of the family. I've found myself just wandering. And I haven't really solved this pending issue. But here and now, Easter Sunday 2019, Resurrection Day, here and now, I'm declaring, God, that I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want your penalty paid, your sacrifice, your bloodshed to be the sacrifice for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and make me brand new. Man, let's give those people that raised their hand a round of applause today. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer today, I would ask you to fill out the connection card. 
that's on the uh, on the little tear out. It's there. And just on that, sign the little box that says, I've decided to follow Jesus. Give us your card, your phone number, and information. We'd love to just send you a quick email or a call, text message, and just let you know we're praying for you and be able to, to follow up if you want to follow up. We want to help you on this journey. We are our four steps in Renew Church are helping people to know God, which many of you just made that decision today. Find freedom, and a lot of that happens in small groups like what we're going to be starting this week. It's not too late to sign up. There's groups here in Kendall, three in Kendall, and one in Homestead. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Find your purpose. Find out what it is that God has created you uniquely for and begin to fulfill that purpose because there's no greater thing than knowing what God has called you to and then discovering the purpose so that you can make a difference. We believe that God is doing a, is in a movement here at Renew Church and we would love it if you would be a part of this great movement. So we want to help you begin to make a difference at Renew. So at this time, I'm going to invite you guys to sit back down for just a minute. We're about to dismiss, but uh, I'm going to uh, just give a closing prayer, and then you guys are going to watch this quick video on the upcoming uh, sermon series that starts next Sunday. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, again, I thank you for your son Jesus that died for us, conquered the grave, and was rose again on the third day so that we could celebrate, so that our empty nets could be filled, so that our life no longer has to be a, a life of just uh, wandering and wanting and pending issues, outstanding problems. But God, because of you, because of Jesus, God, we can find hope and freedom and fulfillment. God, do a great work in each and every heart and life today. And we give you praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's watch this quick video and then Mikey's going to come back up. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words can do even worse. The Bible reminds us that the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider how a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father, and with the same tongue, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. In this series, we will look at the unlimited power of our tongue and consider ways to harness that power for good and not evil. What if we began to leverage the power of our words to change our world and impact our city? Join us for our four-week Speak Life series at Renew Church. some noise again for those who laid their life down and chose Jesus. So clap, clap it up for those. Congratulations to all of you who did that. You just made the best decision of your life. And I can't wait to see how God transforms you and does great things through you. This is the part of our service where we worship God through the giving of tithes and offering. And like Trevor said earlier, um, Everything that comes in today is going to all these great organizations, to the schools, to uh, crisis and pregnancy, to feeding the homeless, to world missions. All of that is going to be used for that. So this is a great opportunity to be a blessing to so many. Also, some reminders. We do have Easter activities after this service. There's going to be an Easter egg hunt. There's going to be some cool prizes. There's ice cream. You can take pictures with, uh, with your kids, with your family. Enjoy that. Also... Like I said earlier, small groups is starting this week. So we have a table. Once you get out the back doors to your right, you can head over there and, and check out all that information. And also, if you filled out a connection card or you have a tithe envelope, we'll be collecting those in the back on your way out. There's going to be some ushers with buckets, and there's also a little box that you can drop them in there. The band has one more song for us, but before we get to that, let's pray. God, thank you for, for this morning. God, thank you for, for sending your son Jesus, Lord, to die on the cross and and to rescue us forevermore, God. I pray for all these families here, God. I pray that every cent, Lord, make a difference, God, for all these organizations that we're partnering up with, Lord. Allow all of us to be a blessing, Lord, in this community and in this world, God. I pray for these families. I pray for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Got a heavy left hand. Oh, <laughs> 